The focus of the messages this summer is really in the practical, pragmatic ways that our faith can make a positive difference in your life and in the life of the community that we are a part of. Living the faith is kind of like Christianity 101, the very basics of our faith. And this morning's message is about what you can expect from being connected to and knowing who Jesus is. What can you expect? What, um, what does that mean? Well, that kind of connection it begins essentially with a decision. And that is what faith is all about. Faith, essentially, you decide something based on information, based on experience, based on a witness, but it all begins with being free and choosing and selecting and making a decision. And in the context of the Christian faith, of course, it's a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Very simple. To follow the Christ. And if you, if you have made that decision, you did more than accept a certain moral standard or a code of conduct. Because when you make the decision, to follow the Christ, you become connected. You become connected to the Creator. Jesus himself put it this way in John's Gospel. He said, I and the Father are one. And elsewhere in John's Gospel, he said, anyone who has seen me, you have seen the Father. It is a connection, a sacred connection. You talk about having some friends. You talk about being able to name drop. When the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the God of creation is connected to us, that's quite a name. It's quite a relationship. It's quite a friend. And in his letter to Ephesians, the Apostle Paul specifically details the nature of of that kind of connection. He talks about his power, okay? Connected to power, kind of like putting the, 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 the plug into the outlet. There's some electricity there. Now, some believe that their lives, they're subject to the power of the economy or the power of their employer or they're subject to the power of public opinion, or the power of government, or the power of political enemies. But none of those have the power over your mortality. They just don't. Your boss, all your boss can do is fire you. The public can only criticize you, 
the economy, all it can do is bankrupt you. And your enemy can only kill your body. But none of them can take away our eternal destiny. None of them can destroy the life that has been given to you through Jesus Christ. And none of them can separate you from the love of God. Here's how Paul said it. Paul said, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a marvelous promise to be connected to. You may want to underline that passage in your Bible. And when fear starts to come in, think of this Roman verse. So, as Christ followers who make that decision, realize that you are connected to this power that is within the domain of our creative God. Connect to that power. And, and then Paul continues in Ephesians where it's not just the connection to that power, but also there is authority that is in the name of the Christ. Paul says that God has placed Christ, he said, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. What a platform to be connected to. Okay, are you ready for this question? Remember when there was the, uh, the video wars between VHS and beta? I have a friend, he bought into the beta platform, which technically was a little better. It was also more expensive. And he has an attic full of beta tapes that are obsolete. All his movie collection, his videos of his kids, they're in an attic because what one out? VHS. Are any of you still using VHS? That's <laughs> all I had. I still have them too. I just can't part with them yet. And, you know, but VHS, then it became obsolete. Uh, how many of you still have an 8-track recorder in your garage? Yeah, I remember the old 8-track days. Well, in the same way, I think, when you think of things that we invest in, things that we think is, is and this, this is with us to stay, you know, now it has to do with virtual reality goggles. And who's going to win out on that? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Microsoft? Uh, who's going who's to win out on that? And probably 10 years from now, we'll laugh at it and we'll say that big clunky thing. But in the same way, many of us, invest our lives in other kinds of platforms that will become wanting. You, you, you can name the various platforms. It's either a platform of just materialism or a platform of pleasure or pride 
only to discover later that we build our lives on something that cannot endure, like the beta tape machine. But there is one platform that Paul uplifts in his letter to the Ephesians. It is the platform in life that will last. And that is a life that is built on the platform of Jesus Christ and what he was about. And Paul makes a very unique distinction here. He continues as he instructs the church of Ephesus. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, underscore glorious inheritance in his holy people. I don't know what God has in store for you, but I do know this. It's good. It is good. But you say, Lonnie, I'm in the middle of a crisis here. God will get you through that. But I'm facing opposition. God is going to give you the ultimate victory. But I've lost so many battles and I'm worn out. God is going to turn that curse that you perceive it into a blessing. Believe me, God will do that. But I'm in pain right now. I hurt. God will never leave you alone. God will be there with you to give you the strength that you need to overcome every challenge and every setback. Now, here's the one mistake we make in all this dynamic. When we see a storm coming, it came this morning, didn't it? <laughs> Outside. When we see it on the horizon, we panic. And then we kind of forget what Paul wanted to remind us for in Ephesians. And we'll say, oh no, the good old days, they're gone forever. We'll have nothing but rain. Though tomorrow their prediction is sunshine. Some politicians might try to convince you of that. Some economists might try to sell you on the idea. And there are even some religious people who might try to convince you to believe their message of doom and gloom. But as I read the scriptures, ultimately, nothing could be further from the truth. Regardless of the weather you may be going through today, there is another forecast that the Bible speaks about. It is the forecast of that word there, of that glorious inheritance that is ours in Jesus Christ. So you can forget everything I said already. If there's one thing I want you to remember, here is the takeaway on this Lord's Day, this Sunday, that you came out in the rain 
and you walked up a terrible hill of a church that should make it easier for you to enter its building, which you will be able to do when we get the addition bill. You can walk right in it. This is the takeaway. And it is that God's power will not save you from suffering. But God's power will get you through it. Okay? Remember that. Because we will suffer. You can count on it. And I love how the Bible is so honest and realistic. God's power didn't save Joseph from prison, but his power got him through it. And through God's power, Joseph rose to prominence in Egypt and his family was restored. God's power did not prevent Moses from spending years exiled in Midian. But through God's power, God was able to stand up to Pharaoh and lead God's people out of Egypt. God's power, it wasn't able to prevent Nehemiah from becoming a slave. But through God's power, Nehemiah was able to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and was instrumental in bringing revival and renewal to Israel. God's power didn't prevent Bartimaeus from being born blind, but through God's power, his sight was restored. God's power, it didn't prevent Paul and Silas from being beaten and thrown into jail, but through God's power, their chains were broken and salvation came to who? The house of the Philippian jailer. God's power didn't keep Paul who wrote Ephesians out of prison. But through God's power, he wrote the letters that have inspired countless millions in their spiritual life for the last 2,000 years. I could go on and on. And there are dozens of more examples throughout the Bible, and there are tens of thousands of examples in the history books. So, in this time, in this series of living the faith, Paul encourages us to get connected. Get connected to that. Get connected. God's power is available. And it is essentially his resurrection power. It is available for your benefit to make you more like Jesus. That's because you are God's treasured possession. And that's what he sees in you. And that is a faith you can live by. And God's people said, Amen. Let us pray. Would you stand? Lord Jesus, 
as we enter into this summer season of the basics of our faith, may we reclaim those fundamental central truths that give us a healthy identity of whose we are and of the hope that we have and through that knowing we can endure everything. And you also will inspire us to be a part of the solution and to share the good news of the gospel. May we stand, Lord, on this foundation of your Lordship. Amen.